Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. .edu/podcast Do it a little faster. Yeah. You still got it. <laughs> it's your girl Shanti and it's Antoinette and we are Around, Around the, the Way, Way Curls. Join us as we share our unique life experiences, aka tell all our business and explore both the profound and the profane because duality, duality is, is a thing. Yes. Hi. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Around the Way Curls. Hi. What's up? What's new? It's crack a You got an update or two? I don't. All I got to say is everybody needs to watch Love on the Spectrum. It is a, should be discussed and reviewed in college classes. It is um, a study of gender class and um the construct of marriage and psychology i love it i love those people i see myself in every last one of them and it is good it is just so so good ate it up that's all i have to say it's um on netflix I would like to say, please check out our merch. We have brand new merch. If you are not aware, uh, our second merch drop has dropped. It is available. We have, what, five different kinds of shirts. We got a T-shirts. We got a, we got, got crew neck. T- we got three T-shirts jewelry. and uh, um, crew neck sweatshirt. We got four T-shirts. Mm-hmm. So shout out to us. Bamboo hoops, at least two pair. So, Yeah. And, um, yeah, we're very excited about that. So check that out at aroundawaycurls.com. In other news, I would like to shout out Kelly Augustine. Mm. The first day of Black History Month, she, well, first, she is a stylist for the star. She's a plus size fashion stylist icon. Um, And she shouted out a bunch of black owned businesses, fashion um, apparel, clothing lines that are either size inclusive or completely plus. And so I just wanted to share with the girlies. I don't know if I can pronounce everything. Um, Z-E-L-I-E, Zelly for she. She has Harbison, 
Brooklyn Circus, Fed Noel, Christopher John Rogers, Jabiri, that's J-I-B-R-I, Hanifa, Savant Studio, Something About San- Sanja, and Pantora. They got cute stuff too about something about Sanjia. Oh, it's Sanjia. Apologies. I, so. that, I got to get something from there. So make sure y'all check those out. Run that up. Black owned businesses, size inclusive or completely plus. Hallelujah. Make sure sure you check Kelly out. In other news, uh, I know last week I was asking people to give reviews and I made a mistake of reading them and I read one. I'm going to read it (laughs) because I actually think it's something I want to address. I'm not not address it like that, but the review is titled annoying. It says, the ladies on this platform share insights, and sometimes it's refreshing to listen to them. Other times it becomes very annoying when one of the ladies reacts defensive when the other girl doesn't agree with her. It's always a question like, but you don't agree? You think that's okay? I mean, different opinions is what makes people relate. There's also a problem with one of them overpowering the other in conversation and not really letting Shanti speak. The mics usually sound really low. That's something we could fix. And it doesn't help that one of them has an extremely low voice. Their microphone etiquette needs polishing. So I would like to say. This, this is just something... was posted? Yeah, child, Monday. Wow. I know. I would like I to say I'm not was. always going to agree. And I am genuinely asking when I say, but you don't agree. You think that's okay? I'm actually really asking you because you give me a lot of insight when you don't agree with me. But also, this is something that I've noticed, that I noticed about myself. And I actually talked about it on Can't Afford Therapy. And I think I said it here, where being on that show with them, with two people who you don't have as close a relationship with, you and I have shorthand, you and I go back and forth. So there's a different level of comfortability, excitement, and I definitely could tend to cut you off or want to add something to what you're saying want to j- and jump in and I'm I'm not letting you speak, right? And it's not cuz I don't want to hear what you have to say. Sometimes in the girlfriend banter, that's what comes up. Sometimes when I'm passionate, that's what comes up. Not making excuses, but I have been actively working to shut up and let you speak. So, I need your help in helping me do that because I realize that I listen better with people that I am less familiar with because I'm making less assumptions, you know, I'm with you. I tend to like, Oh, fill in the gaps because I think I know, or I don't, I just don't have to be as um, formal with you. Mm. Um, So help me help myself. Heard, heard the review. Um, I'm not going to keep, I'm not going to agree all the time though, but I get, maybe I can find a better way to not overpower. I don't, I don't know, but heard you. I'm more concerned about the mics and the, who, who the one that got the low voice? I don't want to got the low voice. You girl, when you tire, you, you be down here sometimes, but that's all right. <clears throat> I don't know if you have a low voice. I, I think that you just maybe, maybe not projecting as much, <clears throat> but Monty, maybe that's something that you can here and and help us fix as well but we will you know this is good feedback to have you ain't have to call us annoying but all right mabel <laughs> mabel sanchez the title now i don't put good for that child's name out there <laughs> the that's title crazy. said 
That's not, well, that's probably not her real name. Okay. Well, her name is on the review, Mabel. Uh oh. Damn. She Mabel, Mabel said, anyway. Y'all annoying as fuck. No, no, she ain't even listening because she said we annoying. But honestly, that's not how it works. Because I feel like the more some some folks hate the show, the more they listen. It's weird. But Mabel, I do appreciate that call out, call in. Fine. Well, another person said we eat too much. So that's another one we got to do much. She said, I was really into it, but dumb niggas be eating. <laughs> and it gets on my nerves. Damn. Can't even eat. And then she says, I don't like them going back and forth complaining that the other person isn't listening. If they aren't listening to each other, why should anyone else? Oh, my God. Where's that? <laughs> why are we she reading negative reviews? To, he listened to 2.25 episodes. She said, Where is that? But I can't take it anymore. <laughs> what, what review she is said that? one of us even blew their nose on the mic <laughs> we was working right, sick we gotta dog. do better <laughs> all right well let's read one nice one such a gift thanks high off jazz this podcast is everything exclamation point it has made me cry think grow learn hold myself accountable in life situations and most importantly laugh i love these ladies so thankful to be a part of the community and so glad i found this podcast with a prayer emoji and a heart hallelujah i love hallelujah duality duality baby can't please them all hey. all right so we got to stop blowing our nose stop eating we'll be sick okay <laughs> first of all we're sick that should study those stuff and i'm still showing up here <laughs> sick voice raspy oh talking out the my nose oh they gave a thumbs up oh i have not figured out and that listener from the patreon Thank you. She definitely showed, sent me an article on how to get rid of that, and I still don't know how to do it. <sighs> All right. Voicemails. Hey, Shantia and Internet. It is Tessa. I was just calling in because I just finished listening to the episode with Joelle, and it was a very great episode. But one thing, when you all were talking about people's position when it comes to calling out different issues and concerns and state, you know, concerns, um, whatever the concerns state of the world it reminded me of the friend zones podcast with dustin friend and asante and i think their approach on it is a much more realistic approach especially dustin's where it's like everyone has their own position their own role and their own responsibility and it is no one's job no matter how much of community that you're in to call out someone else because of what you think they are or are not doing. Everyone that, that may do a, send a post or say they stand with anything, like Dustin said, you're not, just because you say you stand, what are you standing with? You're not in the, the battleground doing anything. So writing a post, having a conversation is not really moving the needle. That is, you're doing exactly what you say you're doing. You're having the conversations and you're writing a post. So I just think to to question someone's opinion or their actions or what they are doing is is kind of silly and a little bit intrusive because you don't know if they're on the in the background, maybe praying. You don't know if it's somebody that just wants to be silent and let these things pass because maybe they don't have the capacity to even handle such type of events. It's no one's job to put the issue on people to ask them what are they doing or force them to do things. It's just, it's not fair. And I think it's very, just 
it's, it's ignorant in my opinion. So I just wish that you all would be a little bit more softer with ex- the expectation of asking people what they are doing or having that expectation because even like what Fran said, maybe she wants to be in the background and, and you know, be more so on the passive side and not do do certain things that everyone else is doing. Everyone has a role, and because they're not speaking on it, it doesn't mean that they're not doing anything. And even if they are doing something, it just because it's not acknowledged, it, the, the social media is not, that may not be what they want to use their social media for. So I just think that you all need to just focus on yourselves and the people that want to be in the same community with you and show up for you, they will absolutely show up and do what you want to do. And the people that don't, that's that's their right to not do anything if they don't want to do something. Thank you for calling. I don't know that we were the ones that said that. <laughs> I think that I what I was trying to get at in that conversation was kind of your point. Um, I'm pretty sure that I talked about a p- previous experience with a friend who checked me about it and it was helpful for me to understand that point of view. Um, Joel doesn't feel the same way. That's not my place to speak for him, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think um, a calling in though, I I will push back a little bit. If I am close with someone and I know them personally and I see that they are just like willfully ignorant about a lot of different things, there might be a gentle calling in of like, hey, like, do you see what's going on? Like, and it doesn't mean that it has to manifest in any kind of social media post. I'm not one of these people that believes that, but I do think that there is a level of um, social awareness required just so that you can make sure that you're in touch with your humanity, that you're not walking around and it's just so many skews, you know, and that you're just like caught up in the matrix and, 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 and constantly, um, what is the word that you were using last week? Detaching from like disassociating, disassociating from reality, like a Fran. I know Fran is deeply connected to her humanity deeply, which is why she's swinging in her hammocks and watching the birds chirp (laughs) and needed to get the hell out of this space to, 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 to be. You know, she doesn't post almost anything on social media. So it's it's not necessary. You know, you just know it. So I think that's more the calling in that I would have with the people around me. Like, yo, I don't want you to get caught up in the matrix. But like, again, I don't I don't think that's what Shanti and my stance are. I'll speak for myself. That wasn't my stance for the conversation. But I'm also not going to push back on how Joelle feels. Um, I think everybody is entitled to their own free will, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think though, if we let's consider um, what happened with the whole Black Lives Matter and um, uh, George Floyd incident, where mm-hmm. as Black people that were feeling a collective pain and rage and asking for the collective to one at the very least recognize yeah and show some type of awareness of the harm and the um 
the systems that are active and real is really important to change happening to there being the next step then being hopefully accountability in some way right but if you and and I feel like it, it goes without saying that when there was this collective mourning and pain that was happening it feels like a gaslighting or it feels like a willful ignorance if the people that have the privilege to not necessarily feel that pain don't acknowledge it at all. Mm. And yes, it's their right. And yes, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are in support of, you know, um, they're a KKK, you know, member, but it speaks to something that it's, it says something at the same time. It says something. And, and it also says something when we're doing, you know, people were just putting up those black squares without real knowledge or there wasn't real awareness. And then it was this performative act of, you know, um, alliance, which I think is dangerous and hollow as well. But um, yes, everybody has a right to 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 respond to this uh, the way that they want to. Um, but I think that it is important that those, ha- that those that have the power and the platforms and the courage to at the very least share information about it because I don't think a lot of people, bec- the way that people have been sharing has put Palestine on the map and um, has helped to form and help people put the pieces together about the way America in particular shows up geopolitically in the world. And the more that people are seeing these these through lines of like, oh shit, they're doing that to Palestinians here, but they're doing that to black people here. And they're doing that to the people in Central America here by hearing these stories, by hearing people advocate for them. You can then develop a stronger awareness and then feel more energized and more educated to take action. If it's just like these little silos, then it just, you know, it doesn't work. And I I can understand um, Joelle's being passionate about that. Any type of judgment, um, it it gets tricky and gets harmful, but um, I guess I lean more toward Joelle than anybody. And I understand. I think, yeah, I think um, it's also important to to recognize that the harmed in the situation, I think that's the Black Lives Matter is such a great point um, because the people who are on the on the side of the oppression and the harm. Oftentimes we may look for them to give us insight, give us to speak to it, to teach. And it's like I those are the people that I really want to offer space to of like, you don't need to post shit. You need to feel how you feel and like cope. Um, But again, I mean, I know that I have the space or try to have the space to speak to stuff. I would love for more people to have that space. I'm trying to be less judgmental about it and not just assume that folks don't care. 
I think that's the main thing. Yeah, the judgment part. Yeah, like, oh, it's you like, I don't want to assume you, you don't on the care. Other side then. Yeah, that's yeah. not right. I don't make that assumption, especially if I know that folks deeply care, you know? Yeah. So that's a good call. Thank you. All right, next up. Next up, we have... <laughs> okay, next up is for you. Hi, this is Jesse from Atlanta. I was listening to the, uh, the most recent episode, and I was sad to find out that I'm outside of the uh, Chassis area. You know, I, I don't live in the Chassis area of the West Coast. Now I'll be down here in Atlanta. Um, but just just in case, if you decide to broaden your, broaden your uh, criteria here, um, 36, I'm a Leo from Atlanta, uh, no kids. I am poly. I, I do have a wife. We've been married three years. We've been poly for ooh, like eight, nine years. Whoa. I've been poly for, so um yeah, I would just put my hat in the ring, internet. I I I slid, I did slide in Shanti's DM. Uh so just you know, I would like to you know, I would hope that, you know, Shanti would expand her search criteria. But just uh, putting it out there, I love you guys. The show, was, everything on the show is dope. I'm waiting for uh, Naked News, and I would love a segment for like just Shanti facts. It's a segment where Shanti just <laughs> tells like random things. <laughs> All right, love you guys. Keep doing a good job. This is a great segue into our lovely. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make, make me, me a match. Um, we are having a, a an event, y'all. It's gonna be a time, okay? We are hooking Shanti up <laughs> with an around the way curl. Now, if you got a friend, if you got a cousin, if you got somebody, you like, you know what? Shanti would be perfect for that person. You need to tell them to email. Around the way curls at gmail.com because Shanti is ready for love, as you heard. February 19th, 7 p.m. All you need is a computer and some internet. You will be asked questions by me. I feel like I will be able to vet some folks out for her. She will <laughs> listen to That's your what should responses. be the kicker is that you should be the one that picks the partner. Oh. I would love to do that. That's what it should be. I would love to do that. Listen, Shanti is a tender Roni. She is living in Philadelphia. I'm a fucking thug, She's dog. She's a respect on my name. You're dude. ruining this. <laughs> she isn't living in Philadelphia with her beautiful avatar of a child, single mother, business on double business owner. What? The Sable Collective, Around the Way Curls. She got a beautiful complexion. She be waking up looking pretty. She no. don't never had no pimples. Her hair is curled. It is so cute. It's full. She got her little haircut. Nails always done. You. <laughs> Leopard bras on deck. Okay, I got only one, so... <laughs> <laughs> she fine y'all she fine and she's fun and she's loving and she a freak joint on the low when she started drinking so <laughs> let her riz you up 
Let her talk talk some shit to you, make you feel good a little bit. Make her feel good a little bit. It's all about the reciprocity here. And join us February 19th. Tell me who I have to be. To get and- some reciprocity. Laura <laughs> <laughs> Hill was the one that taught me that word. She did. I how said, long? That's a big long, word. How long did it take you to look it up? Because we was all saying it like, what that mean? I don't know, but I know that she's the one that cement. You know, when you got to hear it in context mm-hmm. and then you get the confidence to use it in your own uh, I know, that's in right. your language. I said, Lauren, mm-hmm. I know what that mean now. Yep. So listen, 7 p.m., y'all. Send us an email. Attach a couple photos. Tell us about yourself. And then we'll tell you how to no, sign up. But I'm not allowed to see them. No, so so your email needs to read like Shanti Valentine's Day, Shanti Suter. You gotta explicitly say it, and Shanti, you won't open it. And then we finna get you booed up. Ooh, chow. Shut up. I'm ex- <laughs> Why would you talk to me like that? Anyway. Uh, all right. We have another voicemail. Now, I need your permission here, because sis broke the rules. She called twice, Shanti. If it's if it's captivating, if it's not captivating, I'm gonna boo it after the first one. She can't do the second one. <laughs> All, right. All right, let's see, let's see, let's see if you made the cut. <laughs> Hi, ladies. This is Jay. Um, I'm calling in regards to episode 321. Get into your gut. <laughs> um, first off, you guys. Thank God for y'all. Like. Antoinette, you are the first person that I've heard talk about feeling dissociated. At the time, about maybe three years ago when I started listening to the podcast, to the podcast back in like 2020, 2021, um, I realized I was going through the, the same almost symptom of feeling like disconnected from my body, super numb. I, I kept saying like, I feel floaty. Anybody would ask me, and I'm very open, I would be like, I just feel so floaty. Like, my head is up in the clouds. It's not really attached to my body. Like, I don't feel grounded. All of these, like, you know, trendy words right now, like feeling grounded and feeling, you know, um, like you're on your healing journey and X, Y, Z. And that was when I really got into um, my own spiritual journey, like prioritizing yoga and meditation and and for some reason, it was not working. So I really hear you guys and appreciate this conversation so much. Also, happy Black History Month. Um, shout out to you guys also tapping into, I think, a construct that we don't talk about enough in the Black community, and it's the management and regulations of our feelings and our emotions. Um, shout out to an organization named Beam, B-E-A-M dot org. They're doing some really amazing work um, in the Black community training men and women um, to process their emotions and then help train others in the community. So shout out to Beam. Um, That was Black Emotional um, and Mental Health Collective. Um, Okay, so aside from that, I literally am so grateful to have this conversation because I realized that the thing that was missing, and it's when you're so tapped in, was my connection to my faith. And I realized that, like, bro, like, you're not waking yourself up every morning. Like, there is a source and a creator and something so much bigger than you, like, bigger than you, 
who is in the mix right now intertwined in your life. And you need to, to root that out and, and confront that and then deal with that. Deal, deal with some of your worldly issues <laughs> after you tap into spirit. Um, so one of the mantras that I kept over the summer was, God is my, God is my source. My breath is my fountain. I am the flow. And I used to have this, this like photo on my wall that said, I am the source. I am the flow. I am the fountain. And it couldn't be further from the truth because you have to realize that you're connected to something so much bigger. Um, another. All right. She was just getting into it. Can I keep going? She can keep going. Let her cook. All right. Let her cook. I promised I wasn't going to do this. <laughs> I can't believe, I mean, shout out to you guys. Like I respect not playing a double email, but a voicemail. But I just wanted to share this last piece that another tactic has been um, just in tapping into my faith journey is realizing when I do want to have that response of bond instead of like fight, flight, or freeze, um, it's to sit with that fear and shout out to a soul called Joel. Um, he offered when that fear presents itself to tell the fear, tell that voice inside of you that's like, you shouldn't say something or, you know, you don't want to upset this person. You don't want to upset the peace. Like you don't want to be confrontational to say, I see you and I'm going to take care of you. But right now, trust me that I, I've got us, right? And that's me talking to a little version of me who is terrified of upsetting anyone just due to my own, you know, again, you guys hit it right on the head, like my own personal trauma growing up. And so that's how, that is what's informed me on how to communicate with everyone in my adult life. And so I love that tactic though, because I use it now. If something makes me feel uncomfortable, even in the moment when I'm terrified to say, hey, I don't think that that's right, or hey, I don't fully agree, I take a beat. And I let myself know that it's okay, that everyone doesn't have to like you or agree with you, and that if something isn't sitting well in your spirit, your body does tell you. Guys, hit this already. Your body tells you there might be a little tingling in your stomach, a little heaviness on your chest, a little knot in your throat. That is telling you you need to shift. Something needs to change. You need to confront that. And so the pattern is that you don't confront it. You probably fawn. You you try to meander your way out of the situation or coax coax the other person but that is telling you you actually need to say something and the minute that you do you have to grapple with okay maybe I might lose this relationship maybe I won't but you'll never know unless you begin to practice and build that muscle of speaking up for yourself advocating for yourself and yes it is called being grounded I think and and being present in that moment and I think it only comes with really confronting the thing when you see it because we get so comfortable not confronting it that that creates it's almost like we're we're happy um not confronting like the situation and your body gets used to it so when that presents itself you start getting numb to even having to confront it all right i talked way too long i love you guys so much this is such an amazing podcast such a great way to start black history month peace Yeah, she has some good tools. That's what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Some good tools to pull out when. When your gut is saying something to you. It's interesting. I thought when listening to that second time around when she said you have to like stop and tell yourself like it's going to be okay. And like say like 
you know, I'm going to honor this. I always think when I hear that of your birth story with Jolie mm, and happened? you, girl, what? You Which said what was, happened? A lot happened that day. Which what <laughs> happened specifically? When I was talking Them to Jolie. When what? you said that you asked everyone to leave the room because she would not, she yeah. would not come. And that you yeah. were like, I got to talk to her. Mm. And you were connected with your baby girl or you didn't even know if it was a baby girl or a baby boy. You were just connected with your baby mm-hmm. and you were like, y- it's okay. You can trust me. Mm. I'm going to take care of you. Mm. Like, what if you did that to y- with yourself? Yeah. Oh, I have to. That's, th- that's part of the tool. Same. It's How do we do it. that? You have to notice when the flare up happens. Oh, <laughs> She's there. When the flare up happens, <laughs> what you doing? What you doing? Yeah. God damn it. Maybe we could do that for each other too. I don't know. But we 31 minutes in. Oh, what? We going to get on each other's nerves? Yeah, who the fuck you talking to? I can't right now. I'm stressed. Shanti, <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, then you. You're just gonna say nice things to me. It's not nice things. You have it. You fucking have it. Shut up. <laughs> Goofy. Come on, to sing to us so we can get into the main topic, child. After these messages, we'll be right back. Boop. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And we are back. All right, y'all. This might be like baboons. But we- <laughs> nah, baboons slapped. <laughs> <laughs> this might be... <laughs> Like back when I was talking about baboons, but I don't think so. I think, I think I paved the way here. All right. I was on YouTube. So after, okay. After I went to Philly to meet up with Shanti to go to Cole Arthur Riley's event at Uncle Bobby's, um, and she was in conversation with Brittany Cooper and we were both like, oh my God, Brittany Cooper is amazing. Want to know more about her. So I deep dived into her. And I knew about her book. Um, what's her book called? Damn. I'm already messing Something up. Something about anger. Eloquent so. Rage. Um, I think this was called Eloquent Rage. And um, I knew of that. I haven't read it yet, but I knew of her. And then I stumbled upon her TED Talk where it's called The Radical Politics of Time. Mm. It's like, hmm, that's, mm. that sounds really interesting. Let me get into that. And Brittany went in. On this TED Talk, she took us on a journey and she covers how time is, time has a race. Race meaning not like ready, set, go race, like race meaning like black, white. I'm talking about a very, um, it's, it's, it's centralized to, um, an American experience. I feel even though it transfers geopolitically right with black and brown people and whiteness and just how whiteness has wreaked havoc across the the globe and i say whiteness specifically because whiteness is different from white folks 
you know, whiteness again for new listeners to me is that, um, that kind of belief and security in being at the top of the food chain as a result of your whiteness and whether you, um, wield that power, um, often, or if you just kind of silently benefit and, (laughs) and, um, don't even try to speak truth to power, you know, that's a part of whiteness. So she talks about this and I'm, I'm going to start with a clip because she, she, she goes from past to present to future when speaking about time. Um, and so I'm, I'll start with the clip to set us up so we can get our bearings and then we'll go into more. All right. So today I want to offer to you three observations about the past, the present and the future of time as it relates to the combating of racism and white dominance. First, the past. Time has a history, and so do black people. But we treat time as though it is timeless, as though it has always been this way, as though it doesn't have a political history bound up with the plunder of indigenous lands, the genocide of indigenous people, and the stealing of Africans from their homeland. When white male European philosophers first thought to conceptualize time and history, one famously declared, Africa is no historical part of the world. He was essentially saying that Africans were people outside of history who had had no impact on time or the march of progress. This idea that black people have had no impact on history is one of the foundational ideas of white supremacy. It's the reason that Carter G. Woodson created Negro History Week in 1926. It's the reason that we continue to celebrate Black History Month in the U.S. every February. Okay. Mm-hmm. So hence, you see you see the mm-hmm. tie in the Black History Month. All right, follow mm-hmm. me now. Mm-hmm. So I sat with that and was like, wow, that's interesting. Like, hmm. I had never really thought about time in that way. The way I've always thought about time is like my relationship to time running out, but mm-hmm. not like my place in time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, wow, the concept of having no historical significance is so violent. Mm-hmm. That is so violent. And it's deeply connected to what I, I feel is deeply connected to what's happening all across this country and like the world for that matter. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if you control history, you control the narrative. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you control the narrative, then you control one's conditioning. And if you control the conditioning, then you can control the person. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, yeah. it feels all very well thought out, strategic, and planned. And so I, I, I was... I was watching Origin. This is this movie that I keep bringing up that I really want everyone to go see. Please go see this movie. It is the most important movie I've probably ever seen. It's mm-hmm. so important. Wow. By Ava DuVernay. Um, and it's about the book. It's about the writer writing the book cast. But it's so much more than that. And if I say anything more, then it'll, it'll spill the beans. 
But there's a part in it where they talk about she's trying to connect the Holocaust because there's this disconnect, right? Of like, well, what happened to Africans coming over in the Middle Passage is not the same as what happened to the Holocaust um, victims, Jewish folks in the Holocaust, because Hitler just wanted to obliterate them, wanted to destroy them. America did not want to destroy blacks. They wanted to make money off of them. And now we're in a position where we're quote unquote kind of okay and, and seemingly (laughs) thriving, which is funny. There was something in the, in, in that, that I didn't know in the movie where this author, Isabel, forget her last name, she discovers well, doesn't really discover it, but discovers it for much of us because we're not taught it, that the generals and the lawyers within Hitler's organization actually studied the laws that was happening over in America to disenfranchise black folks and and, and put those same kind of things in place Mm -hmm. there. And so this is like this historical context that you go, don't get. And this is this controlling of history and time. And, and again, we're not, we're talking about time when it comes to like history, right? So if, if you are not taught your history, if you're, if you have no place in time in, in historical context, if you are of no value, then you're pretty much worthless. And you carry that. And so if we don't understand the history and the time surrounding Palestinian rights, right? And and the fact that in time, in history, that land was theirs, right? If we don't understand that, then we turn away from genocide. Then we are able to dehumanize them because they have no place in history. Mm -hmm. They have no offering. Right? Yeah. We have detached from our own humanity because who are you? You're just there. So a person's group, unfortunately, and this is another thing that I'm unraveling, it's like, wow, our conditioning is like that a person's group, their historical significance, like that that place in the world is so deeply connected to how we value them. What have you offered? You know, like, I feel like the Egyptians, we, we know about them because the pyramids are fucking there, mm-hmm. you know, like they're there. We acknowledge them. They've tried to make them white, but we know that they were there because this stands in time, which is why these historical markers are also so precious to so mm-hmm. many folks, because mm-hmm. you have to be able to keep hold of this. Yeah. And so we have compassion i feel that human beings have more compassion for folks who produce something who have this historical meaning who who have this offering you know we honor and admire and feel indebted to those kind of folks we can humanize them and forgive them you know in in all their complexities like a i don't know a marvin gay tricky but we can honor him because there was an offering. He there's there's a historical context to him. Martin Luther King, 
tricky historical context offering. You you can't take away that offering. Michael Jackson, huge impact, right? You can't take away his time. He is a staple in time. Even Barack Obama, still tricky. He deported a ton of people. He was over there bombing folks. He There's historical context there. So it's not lost on me that there are people that are flawed, right? That there are people that are tricky, but because they have this offering, because it's so difficult for, for you to tell me a different story about them, you know, we have this compassion and we honor their humanity. So what I'm getting at is if you don't honor their humanity, if you take away their history, if you take away their narrative, if you take away their place in time, then you dehumanize them. How brilliant is that? Mm -hmm. You erase them. You erase them. Not do fuck dehumanize. You can erase them. You erase them. them. You erase them. Yeah. So even this philosopher, and I should have I should have stopped. She had the name on the screen when she was talking. This philosopher who said Africa has no place in our historical context. You erased a whole continent. You erased a whole like it's not even a group of people. It's 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 millions upon millions of people and their traditions and their lineage and their legacy and their offering and you the, erased it and you and you and everyone's connection right because africa is the origin of humanity dog like what are you even Yo, saying <laughs> it's deep you it's silly. deep this brainwashing is deep so then you have this like, okay, so we're going to erase your history. We're going to deny you your historical context. We're not going to honor it. And so then that leaves so many black and brown folks that's in disarray because then you gaslight them and you, you or us and you tell us that we're stuck in the past when we bring up the present. Mm-hmm. When we bring up what's happening and we... We're we correlate it. Yeah, we're post-racial. We're post-racial. I literally have that written right there. We're post-racial. How are we, po- America, how are we post-racial when you've never accepted that we were racial? Mm-hmm. We've never been pre-racial. Mm-hmm. What, like, what, h- how? So then you're like, whoa, I'm gaslit. I, you're telling me that my history is not real. You're telling me that my present is not real. And I'm... What the fuck? And and so there's a William Faulkner is famously quoted for saying the past is never dead. It's not even past. And then there's Professor Christy Dotson. She says that our memory is longer than our lifespan. And that sat with me. And I'm 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 in my woo woo phase of like, you know, listening to my Cole Arthur Riley get with my ancestors. And I was thinking like, oh, my God. Our memory is longer than our lifespan. The past is never dead. It's not even the past. And I'm like, yo, what you can't deny of the history, what you can't deny of our historical context is the traditions. All of that history is in our bloodline. Mm -hmm. It's in the DNA. What was Kendrick taught? It's in it. It shows up in our food. The history shows up in our food. That's why you weep. What's the show on Netflix when you watch it 
and you say you weep. Mm-hmm. What um, is that show? That is Chef's um, something. Chef's Table. Because they're showing you the through line of the Middle Passage of Jim Crow, of slavery, of all of these traditions of how we've adapted and created these beautiful, rich traditions from a history that's so untold comes up in our music. Why are we, why are we, why are we so connected to beat, to rhythm, to drum? It Mm -hmm. it shows up in our dance. It shows up in our religion. Sadly. I mean, you know, when I was in Ghana, yes. When I was in Ghana and I'm, in the the for me i'm in the actual dungeons where you can still see the line of which the bodies were stacked you can see the stains across this huge dungeon the chapel is on top they Mm. would listen to church to Mm. white jesus being preached Mm, and look at us now it it all of that context forms us and it even shows up in our parenting. How much unlearning are we doing? How much how soft parenting is coming to be because people are recognizing that some of our parenting has has been this way because folks are terrified from the plantation, from the Middle Passage, from Jim Crow, from police brutality. It shows up in our hopes, our dreams. I'm sorry, I'm going to let you talk. I'll shut up. Even our goals, white gaze. I had to stop and think to myself, how many of my goals have been because I need to show them? I need to show them, them, the them. How many goals has, has it shown up for me that like, it's in our bodies is what I'm saying. Like all of this memory passed down from our ancestors is so the fuck in us. Like our bodies reek of this oppression. Our bodies are full of our ancestors' hopes and dreams, but damn it, their fears and struggles are in there as well. Mm-hmm. It's epigenetics. That's a, it's a scientific thing that trauma is passed down genetically. It's, a, it's real. It's a study but that's thing. the other thing. It's not just the trauma, right? It's the whole, and that's where Cole Arthur Riley comes in where I'm like, oh, it's not just the trauma. It's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's the crevices of which, you know, where she talks about being crouched. The magic, the perseverance, the resource, the love, the love, you know, like magic child. Our ancestors still had family. They still had community, even Mm -hmm. in these conditions. Mm -hmm. So it was wild to me. It's like, whoa, what a fucking paradox. To live in, that's crazy. And we're all doing it and functioning, kind of. I think similarly that the, 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 that same phenomenon is not um, just for black people either. No. It's for white people as well. So the same. Um, mm, talk about it. That same, I don't know, privilege, superiority, cognitive dissidence, guilt, shame, fear. All of that is, um, damn, we got both of it. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's all up, is 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 all up in there, child. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on to y'all. Still there? Y'all all right? 
Is it too woo-woo? Um, I'm going to go on to present. At present, I would argue that the racial struggles we are experiencing are clashes over time and space. What do I mean? Well, I've already told you that white people own time. Those in power dictate the pace of the workday. They dictate how much money our time is actually worth. And Professor George Lipsitz argues that white people even dictate the pace of social inclusion. They dictate how long it will actually take for minority groups to receive the rights that they have been fighting for. Let me loop back to the past quickly to give you an example. If you think about the civil rights movement and the cries of its leaders for freedom now, they were challenging the slow pace of white social inclusion. By 1965, the year the Voting Rights Act was passed, there had been a full 100 years between the end of the Civil War and the conferral of voting rights on African-American communities. Despite the urgency of a war, it still took a full 100 years for actual social inclusion to occur. Since 2012, conservative state legislatures across the U.S. have ramped up attempts to roll back African-American voting rights by passing restrictive voter ID laws and curtailing early voting opportunities. This past July, a federal court struck down North Carolina's voter ID law saying it, quote, targeted African-Americans with surgical precision. Restricting African-American inclusion in the body politic is a primary way that we attempt to manage and control people by managing and controlling time. Okay. Mm. <laughs> so... Then she goes into talk about time masters versus space keepers. And a professor Sharon Holland asked when a when a person when a person who exists in time what happens, excuse me, when a person who exists in time meets someone who only occupies space. And so Brittany goes in to talk about those who control the flow and the thrust of history. Those, those are the world makers, right? Those are the people who own time. These are the white folks is what she's saying. The, the powerful white folks. And then you have, so, so when you take away a group's history, they cannot master their own time. They can only take up space and occupy it. And so the disenfranchised folks, we are not entitled to the space that we're occupying. And we're damn nor we're damn sure not empowered to even master to master our time. So we're like you were talking about this DNA that past shows up in our epigenetics, ours and white folks. And so it made me think about what are all the times of which I feel like I'm, I'm being treated as though I'm just taking up space instead of being a master of my present time. Mm -hmm. And that being really acknowledged, it shows up when we walk down the street and they don't move out the way. Mm -hmm. Like little things like that, that we call microaggressions, I don't even know if it's an aggression. It's literally just, you don't exist. You are not factored into my world. Mm -hmm. You're just taking up space. Mm. I, you're not considered. 
in in my in in our future in my progression you're not considered because how could you be considered in my progression if my progression is rooted and founded in your disenfran like you being disenfranchised you can't exist mm-hmm. on equal footing mm-hmm. and i was like yo <clears throat> so when you're being gentrified and moved out of your space it's it doesn't matter because you're you're really in our space. That's Move. why. Yeah, we. This is our future that we can see clearly and can be made made manifest. Get out the way. Look at Palestine and Israel. Yes, yes, it's everywhere. I think it's important though to just to to um, to be distinct about it being whiteness as an ideology. That's right? what because, I said in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Because poor white folks, and again, this is what origin gets to. That's why I want everybody to go see origin. I am talking about whiteness as an ideology, and whiteness as, as an ideology does. You don't always have to be white to practice whiteness. No, to be real be, clear. No, <laughs> to be real clear. This is a social structure as well. Go ahead. And I think about. Um, what would be under the whiteness ideology or what is the sister holds the hand to it is capitalism and the way all of us have our time ripped from us in a way or the time is distorted. Um, our perceptions of our value and productivity often are always associated with how much time we put into something. Oh, I didn't put enough time into it. My time is running out. Um, These life markers that all of us are in a lot of ways enslaved to, whether it be college or marriage or kids or all these things that are associated with time, value, control, decisions but most Mm -hmm. importantly time and value all of us white black puerto rican or asian asian are like has gripped by the neck child yeah which is uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yes 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 yes. i think um another aspect is uh this concept of them telling us when we will be free no freedom now yeah no 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 not yet Mm. not yet too fast we have to you have we have this legislation we got to pass this we got to do this no this is the protocol that it it happens progress is slow we must persevere change gonna come it's coming but you know you gotta wait so this thing it's so interesting how they weaponize the time into making us more docile, you know, this slow march to progress is used to justify their assassinations, their violence, their discrimination, and their oppression. And then the history is turned on its head because we're then exalted and celebrated for how well we endured the violence that they were inflicting. So it's like, Freedom now, no, not yet. Change going to come. Just keep persevering, y'all. Also, your history is not real, but also good job for being, good job for waiting. 
and being patient while progress is slow. Like what? There are so many conflicting narratives. It's like literally like you're in a time loop or warp. Like there's like a, it's it's like Kang came in the fucking Marvel universe and fucked up the, the timeline. And like everything's astray. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Am I being weird? Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> and I have here like the micro examples are the nine, like this. Okay. All right. So ch- like, yes, freedom. We will give you freedom, but just not yet. So here's this nine to five. We know that y'all are overworked. We know that y'all underpaid. So here goes this pizza party. We're going to figure it out soon. You know, I'm going to take you out to eat and tell you what a great worker you are. I'm not going to give you a raise and I'm not going to ease up your workload, but good job by you. Progress will come. Or this Just is not yet. Your hours, this person's hourly labor is $7.50. This person's hourly rate is $350 worth. Speak this person, it. you know, yeah, a motherfucker making a million dollars every minute. Like, hello. Oh. Here's here's these taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. You paid your taxes. I know that it's going to fund war and genocide, but here's a tax refund because you overpaid a little bit. It's like that little matrixy. Like here, so many skews. Don't look. Don't look. Don't look yeah, behind wait the curtain. Four more years. Another wait eight for years. It. We gotta. Right. Well, it'll change then, but we gotta. Yeah. Have here's, all these things in place. Here's Black History Month. Even though. <laughs> Your history is being whitewashed all over the fucking country. But take this Black History Month. Erase, dog. Erase. They're erasing it. It's it's just, it's like, whoa, this is all very strategic and very clearly laid out. Clearly laid out. It's it's actually kind of brilliant. It's awful, but it's so brilliant and effective. Do you have anything else to add to the present? <laughs> All right, now we're going to head on over into the future. So if we're really ready to talk about the future, perhaps we should begin by admitting that we're out of time. We Black people have always been out of time. Time does not belong to us. Our lives are lives of perpetual urgency. Time is used to displace us. Or conversely, we are urged into complacency through endless calls to just be patient. But if past is prologue, let us seize upon the ways in which we're always out of time anyway to demand with urgency freedom now. I believe the future is what we make it. But first, we have to decide that time belongs to all of us. No, we don't all get equal time. But we can decide that the time that we do get is just and free. We can stop making your zip code the primary determinant of your lifespan. We can stop stealing learning time from black children through excessive use of suspensions and expulsions. We can stop stealing time from black people through long periods of incarceration for nonviolent crimes. The police can stop stealing time and black lives through use of excessive force. I believe the future is what we make it. But we can't get there on colored people's time or white time or your time or even my time. It's our time. Ours. Thank you.
I don't know what to say, child. <laughs> I don't. I'm like, I, for real, I don't. I'm woo-woo, but I'm like, what is our relationship? I have questions here. What is our relationship with time in this context? Do we even know who we are when it comes to our place in historical time? Do we even know what we're doing when it comes to our place in historical time? Are we in control of our narrative? Like, how do we control or how do we prevent our time from being stolen from us? Oh, I mean, I, I, time, for, for me, quantum physics, um, time isn't linear, right? Mm. The past, the present, and the future exist at the same time time quote unquote right so like there's there's that where you can the 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 possibility of going back in time and the present moment affects the future and the ways in which all of those things play and are in relationship um i think is magnificent and the more that we sit with that i think the more we um can i don't know have a different relationship with time i think it's really important for us to i think death you can't talk about any of these things without speaking about death for me mm -hmm. because um there is a there is going to be a time for all of us individually that this particular experience, personal experience that we're having is is has an expiration date. And so the use of our time, the exploitation of our time, the um yeah, the use and the exploration of our time is really really important and something that really changes I think how we show up in the world and how we allow our time to be used and I feel like white ideology does a really good job of um of distracting us from how important our present moments are, right? Mm. How important and how finite in a lot of ways our time here is. And we are all like doing this weird, um, this weird <sighs> goal-oriented uh Thing, especially with America of like this is my age this is what I'm supposed to do this is my you know I don't know I, I I can't disconnect that from like work and how we how we value family how we deal with community I, I just feel like the white ideology which I can't separate from capitalism robs us so much of our appreciation and our present and our ability to be present because everything is the future. 
Everything that we do is goal oriented for the future. I got to do this now so that I'm good in the future. Everything is set on this partner that I have, this kids, this security, this happiness, the body, the everything is always in the future. So we have to slightly suffer or slightly be disassociated or slightly, um, you know, betray ourselves constantly for this like future trip that we're all on, hmm. which robs us of the essentials of like community, being present, doing shit that you love that's pleasurable. Um, going back to our episode or what the young lady talked about before, being really present in our body so that we are in communication with something like, oh, this doesn't feel right. I have to like act. You know how many times you're like, I can't do this because I'm going to run out of time. I don't feel well, but I have to go do this because or whatever. Or like you're having a wonderful time with people. I have to leave. I have to end this because of time. So I don't know. We are, we're fucked up. <laughs> I don't know, child. I don't know. What about the historical context? Like, what about your narrative? Do you feel that? Because that was very helpful for me. Seriously. What do you feel in control of your narrative? You, Shanti. Who you are, like what your place in time and history is. Um, I feel very... Um, I feel very fortunate that I feel like I do have some control over my narrative, you know, Mm. just even today. No, like I'm not, I'm less attached to this idea of legacy, like in this big Martin Luther King, Obama, Oprah, you know, Mother Teresa type of way. I don't feel in any way attached to that but I feel very attached to um I I I have to do things that feel right to me I have Mm -hmm. to do that so and that has a lot to do with how I spend my time Mm. and and I'm constantly combating that because that because oftentimes it's in contradiction to what quote-unquote I should be doing but um I think that's how you like hack the shit i think time is an incredible way to hack this shit i do i don't know Um, you do know don't say you don't know because this is you do know this is but i was just sitting like just the fact that we're able to do this i don't know i think is an amazing it's hard it's exhausting but it feels like i often i'm like oh this is um this is amazing I was at a cafe talking to a friend today, drinking coffee, like just talking. And we, at one moment she was like, this is dope that we get to do this. And I was like, I know that is dope. And it had to do with just like time in a way. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But I think it's really scary. I have two feelings. I think it's really it's scary that again this white ideology thinks that it is the master and maker of uh what does she say history 
and worlds. Hmm. Um, but I also think just what Cole Arthur Riley and you know epigenetics proves is that no, there's this through a line of like hope and resistance and truth that just cannot be erased because our bodies don't fucking lie to us they mm. just don't like they just don't and i feel like black and brown people inherently are like uh, or often Nothing have gifts happened. yeah they often have gifts or their relationship with their i even think of like dance black and brown people's relationship with their yeah. body in comparison to white people is like night and day and that relationship has to connect to um communication and 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 like a deeper knowledge a deeper connection of some way that you can't erase the memory you can't it just maybe we don't have the intellectual history but like there's something else that there's can't something be else. erased ever and and it goes both ways like white people's shame and fear and all that shit. Like you can't escape it, dog. No matter how much you have, no matter how much you wreak havoc, that fear that drives you and eats you alive a little bit and fucks shit up, like you can't escape it by more. Until we all get along. I don't know. Is that what she said at the end? Until we all realize we're one? No, that's not what she was saying. Being? She's saying one? that. I don't think that's what she was saying. I think she's saying that you don't you don't get to own it. You don't get to own the time. Nobody's she's saying does. white people owns it. Right. We don't either. It's interesting. I don't have any conclusions here, folks. What's I your relationship am, with I time? don't know. I have no conclusions oh. here. I don't know. I'm processing it. Okay. I don't think so. Not in this context. I don't I don't know that I can. I what I do know is I do feel like I I do feel like I I don't feel like I just occupy space. But I but I I don't know if that is what she was saying. I don't know if we feel it. I think that they feel it. They yeah, feel it. They we don't feel us it. As the they occupiers or or yes, they perceive us as that. And I'm I'm doing a a an audit on the different scenarios I'm in where whether or not I feel that I'm being perceived that way, like tolerated. Okay. You're, you're here in my space. I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is there is historical context in our DNA and you and mine specifically is very interesting because we have white folks, we got black folks, and it's all in there. And so I'm also auditing what spaces do I walk in and think that people are occupying space that and I'm controlling the time. Mm. And that is scary to me. And I hope that it's not 
many spaces or spaces at all, but it's something that I need to sit with. I think I don't know how to, I mean, on our small scale, sometimes just small scale, we are going to keep telling our truths. We're going to keep talking about our history and our impact, our being black and brown folks, women, just the oppressed. We have to, we have to keep being truth tellers and historians. Griot, like it's, it's so important because you look up and it'll be as if you're erased. I refuse to be erased. That's what I know. And I refuse to stand by idly while, uh, while others are. And I, and I think we just can't be. I think that in just gen, gen, energetically, spiritually, it's, in, it's impossible. Maybe the specifics, right? But like They'll there's try, something though. there. They'll try to do it. But I mean, that disconnect, that disconnect, and we, you know, we're going on, but that disconnect of our history, the fact that there are, there is a whole country of folks where the majority of black African-Americans cannot identify their Mm -hmm. lineage Mm -hmm. past a certain, that is a real pain point. That is a real deep wound. I don't know who my people are. I don't know where I come from. What I know is that I come from slavery, which is not real. Which is not real. Well, I'm saying the idea that that's where everything started. So many people operate that way. That's how we're taught as well. The The disconnect between us and the continent is crazy. Well, girl, the fact that white people or the ideology of white people thinks that they, that are so disconnected from their heritage and origins of Africa and blackness is the real fucking, uh, is a real fucking mind fuck child is where the disassociated and the cognitive dissonance is just glaring. That's that's the psychosis right there. I don't know. I don't know all that, but I know I'm black. Like I know I'm from Africa. But you niggas? What? All you niggas is my sons. I'm going to sit on the party. <laughs> Actually, I'm anti Nikki. Sorry. Uh oh. Apologies. Anyway, y'all still there? <laughs> oh. <laughs> y'all, that I can't wait for the next review. I don't know what the fuck these <laughs> they motherfuckers. Be, they was talking about the time continuum. <laughs> they was talking about epigenerations. Psych, I'm playing epigenetics. Listen, it's tricky over here. No, that next was week good. we'll have something light. Fuck that. It's getting weirder and weirder, dog. You want to keep getting weird with yeah, me? Yeah, that's all. That's all right, let's get weird about it's Valentine's Day, so we should talk about like something sexy. You trying to get weird? I don't know what we would talk about. Don't make me upset. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. I have nothing sexy going on. Very. Much. I know. Oh, no, we got to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> You look like, you know, the me with a black guy where he was like. <laughs> They're writing the review right now. And then they started crying and wailing in the mic. 
No, we'll figure it out. I think that we should talk about self-pleasure, girl. Have we talked about that too much? I don't know what to talk about. Valentine's Day. Good luck. Anyway. <laughs> We're done. Fuck that, fuck that. I'm going out. I'm going with um Amanda. Amanda be making reservations where I want to go or not. And I love I it. I love it. She's like, I made a reservation <laughs> for three. It's me, Precious, and Amanda. Dynamic dude. We're going to start risen and figuring out how to rob these niggas. Where y'all going? I don't know. I don't know. She just be texting me like, I You better get dressed up. For Valentine's Day? Hell yeah. You better woo yourself. I my hair. Do it. Let me borrow your chi. Mail me your chi <laughs> iron, dog. <laughs> See how you are? Show. I All gave right. that away. I had a pro-black fucking... <laughs> militant ass moment and i was like nobody told you in my house i paid a lot of money for that (laughs) chi irons aren't even that girl anymore then who's the girl i keep asking y'all nobody's telling me it's a 600 dollar dyson hair dryer goodbye (laughs) i'm telling you that's what it is that's what all the girlies talk about let me see and it's got all these uh, um nope air wrap i don't know something like that they be picking of mitch mcconnell is is intentional. Why are you looking at Mitch McConnell? Is that Tina man? Turner is that picture still up of her? <laughs> no. <laughs> Everybody Google Tina Turner. <laughs> right now. Why they do that? We need to sign a perdition. Take that down. They did. They took it down. Okay. Because that was rude. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch McConnell is literally yellow. But he's always like <laughs> That's how he is. He got that butthole mouth. <laughs> okay. Time to go. Say it. Peace to the gods. The old and the new. I Bye. missed that picture of Tina though. Where is it going? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I gotta see it. You have just heard an Around the Way Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around the Way Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good.